Uh, well, good morning, good morning, church, and uh, what a great Titans victory last night, huh? Way to go. So that was exciting. Yeah, they're playing great, and uh, I wouldn't like to try to tackle Derrick Henry, that's for sure. So uh, it's fun, but 2020 is off to a great start in so many good ways, and I hope it is for you and your life. And welcome back to our series. We're in this great series called Finding Your Focus. And that's what we want to be about in 2020 is focusing on the things that matter, focusing on Jesus. And I love that it's 2020, right? Because we all want to have that 2020 vision. We all want to be able to see clearly. And so we go to the eye doctor and we sit behind that machine that none of us know the name of. But I'm going to tell you it's a phoropter. I had to look it up because I never knew, right? A phoropter. And we sit down there with the phoropter and they go, is one better than two? Two or three? Three or four, right? And what are they doing? What are they doing? They're focusing. They're focusing. They're focusing our vision. And so then we get glasses. We get contacts. We get LASIK because we all know the importance of having perfect vision, the difference that it makes in our lives. And so we want to say, hey, we want to focus spiritually, right? We want to focus spiritually on the things that matter this year. We want this to be the best year for us yet. We want God to be glorified in our lives this year in 2020. Now there's a great verse that's kind of the basis for our series. It's from Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And it says this, it says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So Jesus grew in these four areas. Okay, this is what we know about Jesus from age 12 to 30. Remember at 30 begins his earthly ministry. And so God is preparing him just like God's preparing you for great things. And God was growing Jesus in these four areas. In wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. So mentally, physically, spiritually, and socially. And so that's what we're looking at. How do we grow in these areas? How do we develop in our own lives in these areas. Last week we talked about the importance of focusing with wisdom, with wisdom. And if you missed last week, I encourage you to go back and listen. But because what we see is the world is going to say it's all about knowledge. And so we go to school and we learn our math and our science and our social studies and, and there's knowledge. But then if you click knowledge up a notch, right, you start to get understanding. And we get understanding like, okay, how do I apply this knowledge, right? Why am I sitting in this class? Is it going to matter in my life, right? Your kids will tell you that. You know, what is this going to mean? You know, we start to get some understanding in our lives. But then as you focus even more, you focus even more, it comes down to wisdom. And what we all want, right, is we want wisdom. Because we all have decisions to make, right? We want to be wise in those decisions. And, and so we want to know, you know, should I date this guy or this girl? Should I, you know, should I marry them or not marry them? What college should I go to? You know, should I buy this house or should I, should I get an apartment? You know, should we have kids? Should we have more kids? You know, should I get married or remarried? Should I, you know, what are all these decisions in our lives? Should I refinance this house? You know, or what should I do? Should I like this job? Should I stay in this job? Should I post my you know, resume on Indeed and get a new job or should I stay here? We have decisions to make every day. Well, what if in 2020 we had the wisdom to make all the right decisions? It'd be pretty awesome, right? Because our life is a product of the decisions that we make. And we are all one dumb decision away from wrecking our lives. I mean, right? We, we see it all the time in people's lives. And you read about it all the time. You're like, man, what were you thinking? But greed or lust or these things of the world come in and we say, no, 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 we want to focus on what God wants for us. And the Bible says in Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So God, I want you in every decision I make. God, I want you glorified in 2020 in every decision. God, I want to grow in wisdom, in wisdom. And today we're talking about the second one, 
And God, physically, I want to grow. And God, I want to grow healthy. Now, most people's New Year's resolutions are going to center around a couple of things, right? They're going to center around money, right? I'm going to get our finances right. And so as a church, we're trying to help us all get on the right page there with Smart Dollar and those things that you're hearing about a little bit last week and this week. But they also probably are going to center around our diet or exercise or something physical. You know, in 2018, uh, the U.S. weight loss industry hit its peak. 72 billion, that's with a B, billion, billion dollars, right? 72 billion dollars to help people lose weight. And there's always something new out there. Right? I mean, right, you, 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 you can eat bacon, then you can't eat bacon, that, then you, all you can eat is bacon, right? You know, it's like, that's all I eat is bacon, right? I mean, it's like, that's what I'm supposed to do, you know? There's always something new out there. There's always this new diet or fat, and, and, and that's okay because we want to lose weight. We want to get healthy. We want to be able to do these things. But the question becomes, why? Right? Why? You know? I don't know if you know this, but Every second, there's over a thousand selfies posted to Instagram. Every, every second, right? People who grow up in, in, as, with Instagram in their lives, right? They're, they estimate we'll take over 25,000 selfies. In 2015, selfies, Instagram selfies killed more people than sharks. Okay, so we're not going to have shark week anymore, right? We're going to have a selfie week. I mean, it's like... All these things, and you start to think, okay, it's okay to post selfies. I mean, post, it's, it's great. We, we all do. We love that and with our family and those things. But we're starting to say, okay, is it that I'm posting or is it that I'm getting in shape physically? Why? Who is my audience here? What's the importance here? And what if we can start to come in and go, wait, 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 wait a minute. Let me focus on what God says about my body. Let me focus on what God says about me. Let me find my worth and my value in Him versus what everybody else says or what I think they're saying about me. If you have a Bible today, I invite you up with me to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Old Testament, right? Middle of the Bible. So kind of you open to the middle, you'll be pretty close. Guys, this is one awesome chapter, okay? And I want you to get this today. If you don't have a Bible, there's some Bibles in the back by, by those poles. Love you just to take a Bible. It's yours. It's our free gift to you. We'll also put the scripture on the screen, and uh, we'll have a, if you have a mobile device, you can access the scripture at version. But Psalm 139 was written by a guy named David. And, and David, David was known as a man after God's heart. I mean, he just loved the Lord, even from a young age, right? I mean, he's worshiping God. That's why it's so important to have our kids in church and getting that spiritual foundation. And then he just hung with God all of his life. And God blessed him. I mean, it was unbelievable. And here's David writing in Psalm 139. He says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all of my ways. You know, sometimes we think, well, well God's kind of at a distance, right? God's out there. and God's got bigger things that he's concerned about in the whole world. No, God knows you, <laughs> God cares about you. He intimately cares about you. Verse 4, before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hit me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. I mean, think about that, that God knows every word you say. God knows every thought that you have. God is present in your life. 
Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. See, there's no place that you can go that God's not there. You may be going into a a new job. You may be going into a new school. You may be going into a new year. God's there. He's already present. He's been in our past and he's in our present and he will be in our future. He is there. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. And then look at verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You ever thought about that? The same God who who created the entire world, the same God who put the stars in the skies, the same God who created you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. Look at verse 14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Hey guys, can we just say that together? You ready? One, two, three. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. God's works are wonderful. You are wonderful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And he says, I know that full well. And we start to understand, hey, God created me. And I'm not perfect, right? Man, I have flaws and mistakes. But sovereign God... The God of the universe created me. And God has a plan and a purpose for my life. Just as he did for Jesus. He's got a plan and a purpose for me. If you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down as we find our focus in this area of physical, in this area of health. First of all is this, you are beautiful. Guys, you are beautiful. Right? I mean, God made you. We get our definition of beauty from looking at what the world would say and, and all these things that are out there. But, but think about this, what God says. Focus on Him today. If you keep going in Psalm 139, verse 16, it says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God created you. God formed you. And God puts you at this time in history for a reason and for a purpose. Every day God has given you. And every day is precious. Hey, you were made by God. You were made by God. You know, so often we'll stand in front of the mirror and, and we see all the imperfections, right? We're like, oh, my nose is too big or my ears. or you know, We kind of go through all of these things. And we're always trying to compare ourselves to other things or other people. You know, we're always looking and we're looking around. And here's the thing. We make things unrealistic, right? We're comparing ourselves to Photoshopped models. You know, we, we can't compete, right? I mean, that's, come on, it's computer generated. It's not, we're comparing ourselves to these athletes and go, man, if I could just be that shredded, right? You know, and then we're thinking, wait a minute, that's their job. They work out like eight to 10 hours a day. I got a job, right? I got a family. I got, it's like, we're not that, you know, but where is our focus, and if we start to think, wait a minute, I was made by God. He made me just the way I am for a reason and for a purpose. 
You are fully known and fully accepted. And I love that David in his life, he got that, you know. He got, it, this guy made mistakes. He made some huge mistakes. But he says like in his life, hey, God, you are always there. I'm fully known and I'm fully accepted. It is grace. It is grace. See, we have an enemy, right? Satan is our enemy. And Satan wars against us. Now, here's the thing about Satan. Satan knows he can't get to God. God's too powerful. So what does Satan do? He goes after God's children. And he attacks us. He wants to separate us from the Lord. He wants to destroy our lives. I mean, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy our relationships. He wants to steal our joy. And so what does he do? Many times he attacks in this area of body image. He does. And every generation has had to deal with this in some way and somehow. And for us, that we have to learn how to develop a healthy self-esteem, being able to see ourselves the way God sees us, to be able to know that we are fully loved and we are fully accepted, we are fully His. And then when we have that, we have to turn around and model that. Because we have kids and grandkids and nieces and nephews and others who are growing up and they're being attacked in this area of body image as well. And we have to step in and say, hey, I want to talk to you about this. You see, if we're not the ones that will talk to our kids about body image or gender identification or even sex, then, then who is? Oh, they're middle school friends, right? I mean, that's who, right? The internet, that's who, right? Every show they watch on Netflix, that's who. At some point, we got to sit down and go, hey, listen, listen, listen. I've struggled with this too. But listen, I want you to know you were made by God and you are beautiful. You are beautiful. See, is it self-image or God-image? I think it, we have to ask ourselves all the time, you know, why am I doing this? What is, it? is it self-image? Am I focused on self? Because if it's self-image, what happens? We become self-conscious. And if it's God-image, we become God-conscious. If we're self-conscious, we're always worried about, hey, how do I look? You know, is it this or that? And we spend 45 minutes trying to figure out what I'm going to wear today because I'm kind of worried about everything else. It's important to look nice. It's important to dress. Those things are fine. But, but what about if we just said, okay, God, what do you want to do through me today? And God, I'm going to be conscious that you are with me in everything and in every way. And Father, I'm yours. Guys, you are beautiful and you were created by God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Know that and live it. Live it. All right, look, number two. You have a responsibility to take care of your body. Here's what the Apostle Paul writes. He says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. See, here's how this works, right? God created man for a relationship with him. And things were great for two chapters of the Bible, you know? And then Genesis 3, man sins. We're like, man, God's going, hello. And man's like, I don't want to do it your way, God. And so now you got a holy God and you got sinful man. But God doesn't give up on us. Praise the Lord for that. And so he says, hey, build a tabernacle at first. And then he says, build a temple and I will be among my people. But I'm going to be in the Holy of Holies. You're sinful. You're outside of that. <laughs> and so if you want to worship God, you came to Jerusalem to worship, right? You came to where God was. Then God sends his son, Jesus. And Jesus now, he's going around, right? And so here's God mobile. 
And he's going around, he's healing people, transforming lives, teaching the things of God. Then Jesus, right, we were bought at a price, and the price was his body on a cross for us. But when Jesus died on that cross, what did he do? He paid the price so that holy God can come into sinful man. That's the gospel. Right? When we were dead in our sins and our transgressions, we were made alive in Christ. And Jesus says the Holy Spirit's going to come in Christ in us, the hope of glory. So God places His Holy Spirit in you. When you become a follower of Jesus, when God redeems you and restores you, He makes you new. And now you are a Christian, which means little Christ. We are little Christ. So now we're walking around and we can bless people. We can encourage people. We can pray for people. And now there's two billion people out there who are sharing Jesus, hopefully, with everybody else around because our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit in us. You cannot separate the body and the spirit. And what the Apostle Paul was writing is to refute this heresy that was going around called Gnosticism. Okay, you can see it run throughout the New Testament. There was this heresy and, and the New Testament writers are like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. And Gnosticism, G-N-O-S-T-I-C-I-S-M, Gnosticism said this. The body's going to die. The spirit's going to go on. So do whatever you want with your body. So you can kind of start to think, well, that's not good, right? Because then that just leads to all kinds of immorality. I mean, just kind of play this out, right? And sometimes you read and you go, what do you mean there was like a temple prostitute? What, where did that come from? Gnosticism, right? I mean, do whatever you want. Well, that's not what God says. God says, no, 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 no. Your body is precious. I formed you. I created you, and your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, honor God with your body. So it's important for us, right, to take our physical health seriously. Why? And not just so that, hey, everybody can check me out because I'm in great shape. You know, it, it's so that, hey, I can bring glory to God. I, I can bring glory to Him. You see, I want all of us to be healthy. I do. I mean, I want us to be able to to baptize our kids one day, right? Or to be there for our, our grandkids. I want to be able to play in the, in the father-son bowl. I want to be able to dance with my daughter at the daddy-daughter ball, right? I, I want to be able to go on mission trips. I want to be able to serve for whatever days God has me on this earth. I want to be in enough decent shape that I could be used as the hands and feet of Christ. If there's a neighbor who needs help moving things, if there's a way that I can sit down with people, God, use me. I was talking with a friend of mine. He was, told me about being in Vegas a couple of months ago. And he met this guy. He was a, a little bit older, but the guy had been living the Vegas life. He made lots of money. Uh, but you could tell, I mean, it had just taken a toll on him, you know. And the guy looked at this friend of mine. And he said, man, I would give it all just to have what you have. And your body and your health and your family. And he goes, I, I chased after the wrong things. And I just go, whoa. So we could chase after the wrong things things. Honor God, honor God. Look, focus on being physically healthy. Let's, let's focus on being physically healthy. Here's what John, the apostle, he was with Jesus. And he writes in 3 John, he writes to a friend, Gaius, who is a dear friend, and he says, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. So your soul's getting along well, but I also pray that physically you have good health. I pray that you stay in good health. Be diligent about your health. You know, go do your annual physicals, right? 
I mean, do those things. Sometimes as guys, we're like, I'm good. I got it. You know, I'm fine. You know, no, 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 right? You, know, you get to that age, you get like, oh, no, I'm dreading 50. I remember when I was like 40, I was dreading because of this thing called a colonoscopy. And I was like, oh, no, Lord. You know, I, it's just going to be the worst thing ever. It, it really, it is. I mean, that's it. That's it. I'm going to keep going. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, you, you got to do these things, right? You know, you just check these things out and make sure, be diligent about your health. Be mindful of what goes into your body. Be mindful of that. You know, when I moved to Tennessee 23 years ago, I moved from Texas. And when I moved here, I discovered something that was just incredible. It was the nectar of goodness. It was something we didn't have in Texas. Sweet tea. Oh, my. Oh, my. I got here, and I thought it was the greatest thing ever. I'd never had sweet tea, right, growing up. And so, man, I started pounding the sweet tea. It was, like, great. It was incredible. Nobody told me there's like 200 calories in a glass of sweet tea, right? I didn't know that. You know, it's like six months later, I put on like 20 pounds, and I'm going, what happened, right? But, you know, I'm drinking all this sweet tea. Now, it's okay. I still love sweet tea, but everything like in moderation, right? You start to go, I got to be mindful now of what goes into my body. You see, we've got an enemy that says it doesn't matter. No, but yeah, It does. <laughs> it does. And so when things start to get excessive, you've got to go, whoa, 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 hold on. And we've got an enemy that wars against even this next generation and says, hey, it's no big deal, you know, vaping and all this kind of stuff. No, what you're putting in your body impacts you. And we've got to be bold enough to say to our kids and others, listen, listen, you've you got to make good decisions on that. You've got to be mindful about what goes into your body. Make exercise a priority. And Jesus walked everywhere, okay? Jesus was in good shape. He was a stonemason, carpenter. He worked a lot. I mean, this guy. But, but for us, it's hard. And, and I got to tell you, guys, no guilt here. It is grace-free zone, okay? So whatever in the past, you don't live in guilt, you know, because we always like start and stop and it's hard and everything else. But just somehow figure out how can I start to make exercise a priority in my life? How can I start to just get physically healthy. And they're little steps. And don't beat yourself up when you're not perfect. None of us are going to be perfect, right? And, and there's no way we're all going to get rid of the muffin top. It's going to be right, you know. It's, but how can I figure out like just little things in my life to help me get healthy so that God can use me for His glory? Look at this one. Be careful not to judge people by their physical appearance. Guys, we live in this culture. We live in this society. And I'm going to tell you, it wars against us, and we all know it. Here's what God says. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You know, there's a mantra we have around Rolling Hills, and it says this, love everyone always. Love everyone always. You guys, here's the thing. God hates racism hates it. I hate it. I'm telling you, we are called to love everyone. Everyone matters to God. Every person. It doesn't matter nationality. It doesn't matter socioeconomic status. It doesn't matter at all. All people matter to God. And we are called to love all people. 
And oh, if we could get that in our heads and just say, you know what, all these messages around me and I start to evaluate people based on what they look like or what they dress like or what they, you know, seem like to me. No, no, no. I want to see people the way God sees them. I want to love everyone always. It's love versus lust. See, lust, right, is I must have it now. Love is what can I do for you? Lust is what can you do for me? What can you do for me? I talked to a guy a while back, and, and I was asking about things. He was like, you know, man, I've been working out. I've been doing all this stuff, you know. And he goes, I, I just want to hang around the pretty people. I was like, dude, you better be careful when you start focusing on that. I mean, this, this is going to be, and six months later, he's divorced. I'm like, well, okay. I mean, I'm just telling you, we live in this culture. And we got to start thinking, man, I want to love people. See, here's what I know. Here's what I know. Here's what I know about all of us, right? The culture is going to put these images in our head, and we have to be very careful. And if you start thinking about a coworker, you start thinking about somebody at the gym, or you start thinking about other people, and that rattles around your mind, I mean, it's going to start to come out in your life. You've got to take captive every image and say, no, 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 because we don't really want that. You know what we really want? We really want love. We really want true love. We really want to be with a person and we want to grow old with that person and we know these bodies are going to get older and they're not going to look like we did when we were 25 and we're working out all the time. But we want to say, I want a depth of love that I'm going to be with you whatever happens. I want to love people like that. I want to love my spouse like that. I want us to have a great marriage. I want to be married 50 years or 60 years. I want to be old. I want to be in that rocking chair. And I don't really care what everybody thinks about what I look like then because I got this love and I love her. And she's more beautiful that day than she even was the day we got married because I want to tell you it's love. It's love. Don't settle for some cheap imitation that this world is going to try to sell us. Look at people and see people the way God sees them. See people the way God sees them. And God looks at their heart. And if we were a type of people who could just look at people's heart and say, listen, I love you. I love you. I care about you. Right? I, I, I care about you. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what's going on in your body. I love you. You and I'm gonna love you whether you're in a wheelchair, I'm gonna love you whether you're in a hospital bed, I'm gonna love you whether you are doing backflips, I'm gonna love you because you're beautiful to God and you're beautiful to me. And man, if we could be Christ followers and live in that kind of life, what a difference it would make in this world. And then here's this one your spiritual health is greater than your physical health. Guys, your f- spiritual health is greater than your physical health. Here's what Paul writes here in Timothy. He says, for physical training is of some value. It's important. Work out. We have some great people in our church who have different workout facilities in Franklin. And man, jump in. Go to Anytime Fitness. Go to Temple Fitness. Go to Pier Bar. Go to CrossFit. Go to wherever. But do it. I mean, take care of your body. For physical training is of some value. But godliness holds value for all things. Holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. It holds promise for both this life, right, that we have wisdom and we know what God wants us to do, and for the life to come. Physical health is important. Take care of your body. Nobody's going to do it for you, right? Take care of our bodies. That's important. Write down your goals and just start, you know. I mean, if we don't write it down, we're not going to do it. We're going to end up five years later going, hey, I'm in the same place I was. 
Just write down, how can I start being more active? How can I exercise some? How can I, you know, be involved more? How can I get stronger and, and do these things so that God can use me? Write down those goals in different areas of your life. But remember that your spiritual health is the most important. You know, what's interesting is you, you talk to people, as, as people get older, they start to realize, hey, what's really important in life? And people who just like kind of stiff-arm God when you're younger, and you're like, yeah, God, I got it, no worries. And then there's a health concern in their life. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we start to realize our own mortality, and we realize our desperate need of God, the God who knit us together in our mother's womb is the same God who's with us every day and every moment of our lives. And that we could live every moment for his name and for his glory. You know, there's people in our church who, man, you just watch spiritually as God starts working in their life and they say, God, I want to be used. I want to be used by you. One of my heroes uh, growing up was a guy named uh, Jimmy Valvano. And uh, in 1983, they pulled off like the biggest sports upset of all time. He was the basketball coach for NC State and they won the national championship in 1983 in basketball and, and he's running around trying to find somebody to hug. He's just so excited. Well, a few years later, he was diagnosed at the age of 46 with terminal cancer. And this guy who just has all this energy and all this life, and, but at that time, man, he just really turned his life over to the Lord. And there was something that happened to him. He just goes, God, I don't know how many days I have left on this earth, but God, use me. And God, let me help others. About six months later, he was given an award at the ESPYs in 1993. And he gave this speech, which was just so powerful. And I want you just to hear a part of this. Here's this guy at the age of 47 who doesn't have long to live, and he's speaking. And I want you to watch this. Uh, I can't tell you what an honor it is to even be mentioned the same breath with an author, Ash. Um, this is something I certainly will, will treasure forever. But as, as uh, was said on the tape, I, and I also I don't have one of those things going with the cue cards, so I'm going to speak longer than anybody else has spoken tonight. That, that's the way it goes. Time, time is very precious to me. I don't know how much I have left, and I have some things that I would like to say. Hopefully, at the end, I'll have something that will be uh, important to, uh, to other people, too. But I can't help it. Now when I'm fighting cancer, everybody knows that. Uh, and people ask me all the time about how you, you go through your life and how's your day. And nothing has changed for me. As Dick said, I'm a very emotional, passionate man. I can't help it. That's being the son of Rocco and Angelina Valvano. That just comes with the territory, right? We hug, we kiss, we love. And, and when people say to me, how do you get through uh, life or, or each day is the same thing. To me, there are three things we all should do every day. If we do this every day of our life, you're going to have, what a wonderful, number one is laugh. You should laugh every day. Number two is think. You should spend some time in thought. And number three is you should have your emotions moved to tears. Could be happiness or joy. But think about it. If you laugh, you think, and you cry, that's a full day. That's a heck of a day. You do that seven days a week, you're going to have something special. And that screen is flashing up there 30 seconds like I care about that screen right now, huh? 
I got, I got, I got tumors all over my body. I'm worried about some guy in the back going 30 seconds, huh? You got a lot. Hey, phenomenal, buddy. You got a lot. All right, good to you. Good to I just got one last thing. I urge all of you, all of you, to enjoy your life, the precious moments you have, to spend each day with some laughter and some thought, to get your emotions going, to be enthusiastic every day. And Ralph Waldo Emerson said, nothing great can be accomplished without enthusiasm, to keep your dreams alive in spite of problems, whatever you have, to be able to work hard for your dreams to, become, to come true, become a reality. Now I, I look at where I, I am now and I know what I want to do. What I would like to be able to do is to spend whatever time I have left and to give in maybe some hope to others. We are starting the Jim, Jimmy V Foundation for Cancer Research. And its, and its motto is, don't give up, don't ever give up. And that's what I'm going to try to do. Every minute that I have left, I will thank God for the day and the moment I have. And if you see me, smile and maybe give me a hug, because that's important to me too. But try, if you can, to support, whether it's AIDS or the Cancer Foundation, so that, that someone else might survive, might prosper, and might actually be cured of this dreaded disease. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind, it cannot touch my heart, and it cannot touch my soul. And those three things are gonna carry on forever. I thank you, and God bless you all. Uh, 50 days later, uh, Jimmy Valvano went home to be with Jesus. <laughs> but you know what, his legacy still goes on. He raised over a quarter of a billion dollars now for cancer research and to make a difference in the lives of others. And, in his family and generations. And guys, we need to take care of these bodies. We need to use every moment we have for the glory of God. But these bodies one day will wear out. But focus on Jesus because this life is not all that there is, guys. The best is still to come. Focus on Christ. Let Christ be your audience. Not what the world says, what Jesus says. Let your goal bring to breathe. Glory to Him, and, and not just everybody else commenting on you. No, but what does Jesus say? What difference can I make for His name? And how can I leave a legacy in those who come behind me? Oh, God, let me be a person of love. God, let me be a person of grace. Let me be a person, God, that you would use in my day, my generation, Father, to further your name and your kingdom. I don't know where you are today, but God is here. And God made you. There is no one in the world exactly like you. You are unique. You are special. And God has a plan, and he has a purpose for you. And every moment is precious. So guys, love him and love those around you well. Pour your heart out. Pour your heart out with love. Don't settle for what the world says. You be a person love. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today, but I want to tell you this. God has a plan for you. And it starts with salvation. 
It starts with recognizing your need. Maybe right where you sit, you just say, I've been living for myself. I'm tired and I'm frustrated and Jesus today, come into my heart. Forgive my sins, redeem me, restore me. Maybe today you just say, you know what, I've been living for the approval of others. And today, God, I want to I aim to please you. I want to focus on you. Maybe today God's calling you to take a next step. Being baptized or being in a community group or reading God's word every day. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's in this area of taking care of your body. Maybe there's some decisions you've got to make. But Father God, I pray that you would meet us right here in this moment. <laughs> that you would stir in our hearts that life, this life is precious. But that God, we would live our lives for an audience of one, you. And we'd be people of love and of grace. So Father, thank you that you're with us right here, right now. And that you love us more than we even love ourselves. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen.